How does serotonin improve memory and what does it do in the brain? Memory Master Champion Lewis Angel right here with AE Mind. And if you've ever asked yourself what is serotonin and what does it do in your brain when it comes to improving your memory, well, I'm going to help you to go ahead and learn exactly what that is and also teach you how to memorize the term very quickly. Before we get started, just know that I am not a medical professional and this is not medical advice, so make sure to do your own due diligence when it comes to researching any supplements or any type of information that I'm going to share with you today. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter known as a happy chemical. It has been known to make individuals feel happy and there may be a correlation between a lack of serotonin in our brain and depression. It is being studied as to whether someone's depression causes the low levels of serotonin or if having a smaller amount of serotonin in the brain contributes to someone being depressed. Today, I will be sharing with you the leading scientific discoveries as to how serotonin levels affect long-term memory. You will also learn how there is a direct link with low levels of serotonin and individuals with dementia. Now, let's get started with the quick mnemonic story to help you memorize what serotonin is. I want you to imagine that you're sad, depressed, moping around all day in your home because you can't go outside and play with your friends. Then, all of a sudden, you see a hand reach out to you with a huge bowl of cereal. You look up as you wipe away your tears and see Tony the Tiger standing with his hand out holding the bowl of frosted flakes. And he has a huge smile on his face. You immediately grab the bowl of cereal and give Tony a huge hug for making you feel happy. In order to help you quickly memorize and learn what serotonin is, and what it does to you, you have to turn the medical term, meaning, and definition into a mnemonic story. You want to add as many senses as you can and make this image come to life. In the story that I just went over, we used a few associations to help us remember what the neurotransmitter serotonin is. Did you catch them all? Well, here they are, serotonin. For serotonin, I split it up into two sections. For Cero, I pictured Cereo, Cero, Cereo. And then for Tonin, I pictured Tony, like Tony the Tiger from Frosted Flakes Cereal. Then I linked that together into a little story. And in order to help us remember the portion of the medical association, we visualized Tony having a big smile and making you happy as you give him a huge hug. Remember, serotonin equals happy chemicals. You can add more visual triggers if you wanted to, but in essence, you have your main characters and objects there to play with. I like to tell my students to imagine themselves as a director to a huge cinematic motion picture and that they have an infinite budget to make the stories as wild, vivid, and dynamic as they want. Add as many characters, action sequences, emotional triggers, add whatever you feel is necessary to bring the story to life and help you memorize quickly what you want to remember. Now, here we go. We're about to dive deep into more scientific, research-backed information about serotonin. The neuropharmacology scientific medical term for serotonin is 5-hydroxytryptamine, or 5-HT, which is a monoamine neurotransmitter found in the central nervous system. The way that I break down the memory mnemonic for hydroxytryptamine is, for the hydroxy part, I picture a hydrant sneezing, a fire hydrant sneezing. For the tryptamine part, I picture a trap, a mouse trap, and it's trapping, it shuts down on a diamond. Tryptamine, trap plus 
Diamond. And then if you wanted to link this to the Tony the Tiger serial story that we created earlier, the fire hydrant, the trap, the diamond, all that together, you can go ahead and do that on your own. Now, how is serotonin made? Serotonin is made in the brain, but around 90% of it is primarily found in the digestive system and blood cells. A chemical compound occurs where cells take out tryptophan, an essential amino acid found in proteins, convert it into 5-hydroxytryptophan, 5-HTP, and then an enzyme, bear with me here, aromatic amino acid decarboxylase, AAAD, converts 5-HTP into 5-hydroxytryptamine or serotonin. So can the body make its own tryptophan? No, it cannot. The body cannot make tryptophan on its own, and that's why it's called an essential amino acid. It must get it from food and supplements. So then the other thought that might come to someone's mind is, well, I'll just take tryptophan supplements or eat more food that contains tryptophan so that I can increase my serotonin levels. Let's Look, it's not that easy because your amino acids are in competition with each other to get into the brain by crossing the blood-brain barrier. You would need to do other things to help the tryptophan along the process. So what exactly helps tryptophan cross the blood-brain barrier? A review of studies by the Leiden University in the Netherlands found that adding stress through physical activity can help in increasing your serotonin production. When it comes to physical exercise, one of the reasons why we see an increase in serotonin production is because muscle activity needs the branched chain amino acids and this leaves an excess amount of tryptophan left to freely enter the BBB or blood-brain barrier. So again, tryptophan is constantly competing with other amino acids trying to get through and cross through that BBB. So I want you to imagine, we'll create a little story out of this, imagine that the amino acids, all of them, are these tiny little fish. So each one, each branch of amino acid, each amino acid is a different fish. You have trout, you have salmon, you have tilapia, you have bass, whatever you want to imagine, big fish, little fish, you other sea creatures. Just imagine that there's a lot of different fishes in your stream here. Now, we're going to associate tryptophan to trout. So I want you to pretend like the tryptophan is the trout. This trout fish normally has a hard time swimming upstream. This stream is going to represent your blood. Now, it has a hard time swimming because there's overcrowdedness caused by other fish in this same stream. There's so many fish all trying to get upstream. So they're all crowding this little stream. So what you do is you throw some food off to the left side of the stream. And then guess what happens? All the fish, except for the trout, all the other fish swim to go eat that food. This is, in essence, what happens when you work out. When you're working out, all these other amino acids go off and go into the that muscle group that you're working out. So now what's left? You have the trout. The trout is there. It's like, I don't like that food. I'm going to go swim right up the stream. In this case, your blood. I'm going to stream swim right up this main stream. It's free. There's no more fish here. There's a very limited amount of other fish. It goes right up the stream and, boom, enters the blood-brain barrier much more easily. Again, this is similar to what happens when you exercise and allow tryptophan to have a much better shot at crossing the blood-brain barrier. How does serotonin help with memory improvement? 
There are many memory improvement benefits with having normal or slightly elevated levels of serotonin in the brain. One is that serotonin is a precursor to the hormone melatonin. And we all know, we've seen the pills, we've seen the supplements, we've seen the infomercials. Melatonin is made in the pineal gland and it's released at night to signal your body that it is time to go to sleep. And we know that getting enough sleep for your brain to fully recover is essential when it comes to moving information from short-term memory to long-term memory. In a study done by John Hopkins, they state the following three points about serotonin and those with early onset signs of dementia or memory issues. Lower serotonin transporter binding is observed in mild cognitive impairment versus controls in cortical, limbic, sensory, and motor regions. Reductions in the serotonin transporter were more statistically robust than cerebral atrophy and mild cognitive impairment compared to controls. Now here, check this one out. Lower serotonin transporter binding was associated with worse performance in verbal and visual spatial memory in mild cognitive impairment. Now, this doesn't mean necessarily that having low levels of serotonin causes dementia or Alzheimer's, but it does say that those with cognitive issues show that they had low levels of serotonin compared to control groups of healthy individuals. So you can make up your own mind with that correlation or study it further if you'd like, but those are the facts. Gwen Smith, PhD professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the John Hopkins University School of Medicine and director of geriatric psychiatry and neural psychiatry at John Hopkins University School of Medicine said the following, now that we have more evidence that serotonin is a chemical that appears affected early in cognitive decline, we suspect that increasing serotonin function in the brain could prevent memory loss from getting worse and slow disease progression. More research still needs to be done to have a definite answer as to whether or not serotonin alone can directly benefit healthy individuals' brains when it comes to memory improvement. Indirectly, however, it's fair to say that if you are depressed, you will have a higher chance of suffering from memory loss. A study by Brigham Young University Department of Psychology showed possible links between depressed people and a lack of neurogenesis. I've talked about neurogenesis before. Neurogenesis is when new neurons are formed. Depressed individuals can also have a harder time with focusing. Your ability to focus at a task at hand and not have random thoughts just circling around your mind is crucial when it comes to memory formation and memory retention. Now, what about serotonin and learning? There was a study done on mice by Champalimaud Center for the Unknown TCU in Portugal and the University College London, UCL, in the UK to see the effects of serotonin when it comes to learning. The study was set up so that the mice were rewarded with water for making a decision on which button to push out of two different ones. The mice that were quick to keep pushing the same button again and again to get or not get the water, obviously it depends on what would happen, the outcome of what would happen for each button that they press. Sometimes pressing one button would give them water, sometimes pressing another button would not give them water. So those that were quick to keep pressing it, like, you know, oh, this is not working, they kept pressing it, kept pressing it right away, they did not see a spike in serotonin levels. However, those that pushed a button and maybe they didn't see a result, or they did, then they waited 
about seven seconds or more, were the mice that saw elevated levels of serotonin. The study goes on to have a possible link with long-term memory retention and higher levels of serotonin because serotonin kicks in what they're seeing and it spikes up in the mice's brain the longer that it takes for them to go back and repeat a certain action implying it has something to do with the effects of long-term memory. Here's what the authors of the study say. Our results suggest that serotonin boosts brain plasticity by influencing the rate of learning. So should I just skip tryptophan and take 5-HTP supplements to boost my serotonin? There have been various studies, and again, all the links will be in the references, but there are a lot of studies that point to taking higher doses of 5-HTP that can lead to an increased level of serotonin in the brain. But it can come with the caveat. The studies mainly investigate people with depression, but the results of the study suggest that taking 5-HTP alone doesn't lead to a boost in mood and a reduction in someone feeling depressed. Now remember, 5-HTP is a precursor for serotonin and it comes from um, tryptophan. That's the second step here in this process. Now when combined with a drug called carbidopa, which is for people with Parkinson's, there was the similar amount of people feeling less depressed than with the placebo group. So all in all, there wasn't necessarily an overall boost in the way that people felt compared to someone given, say, a sugar pill after having an increased dose in 5-HTP combined with a, another drug. According to a study by the University of Trondheim, the main counter drawback to taking 5-HTP for an extended period of time is that it, it can and it has been shown to lower your dopamine levels. Here's a quote. Long-term administration of 5-HTP taken twice daily for 14 days caused a sustained decrease in striatal dopamine and the HVA concentration was initially lower than controls. Again, always do extensive research before taking any type of supplementation. Should I just not take any tryptophan then or any 5-HTP supplements? Again, you know, even the current studies that are out in the medical journals end up coming up with inconclusive evidence as to whether there are benefits to taking tryptophan or 5-HTP supplements, even though there are a lot of those supplements in the marketplace. This does not take away from the fact that your body absolutely and your brain absolutely need tryptophan and 5-HTP in order to make serotonin. I, I personally, again, this is not a suggestion for anybody else, but me personally, I will continue to obviously eat foods that are rich in tryptophan. There's a website you can go to myfooddata.com and you can type in any type of food out there uh, and see the nutritional value and nutritional contents of each food item. So if you type in like pumpkin seeds, you'll see that per ounce, it has 162 milligrams of tryptophan. For chia seeds, 124 milligrams. Pistachio nuts, 71 milligrams. Almonds has 60 milligrams per ounce. Beans and lentils also have, for are really rich in tryptophan. Pinto beans, black beans, they have between 180, 185 milligrams of tryptophan per cup. If dairy is a part of your diet, you can look at milk. Milk, a 16-ounce glass of milk, has 195 milligrams of tryptophan. Eggs, one large egg has 84 milligrams. A lot of people that eat eggs, they'll eat two, three, 
sometimes me, <laughs> I eat four eggs at a time. Uh, so each one of these has 84 milligrams of, of um, tryptophan. Cheddar cheese, 155 milligrams. Mozzarella cheese, 146 milligrams. Now, if you are a carnivore, if you eat meat, steak, six ounce steak has a 636 milligrams of tryptophan. Six ounces of chicken breast has 687 milligrams. A six ounce wild Atlantic salmon has 485 milligrams of tryptophan. Now that you know what serotonin is and what it does in the brain, you have a starting path for your own research to look further into the benefits of serotonin. I will personally continue to add tryptophan-rich foods into my diet and continue to exercise every day in order to naturally boost my own serotonin levels. So there you go. I have all the resources, medical disclaimers, all that good stuff. Go to aemind.com to get the full article. I'll make sure to post the links here wherever you're listening to this from or watching this from. I'll post a link so you can get the full resources. You can get the links to all these studies if you want to look further and deeper into them. Make sure to go get the full free ebook for my Better Memory Now book available at aemind.com for you to download. Go ahead and get that right now. I'll see you on the next one. Peace out. Keep learning. Keep growing.